1: Hey Nicole. Hey Janine. How has your week been? So the week. Um, Let me think back. The week has been okay. It's been a pretty decent week. Harrison has been good this week. He hadn't been sick. Um. Yeah. So I was thinking, and I was telling our executive producer about this before before we started recording, but. The stuff that Kim Allen has said in and some of the things that she said to us, Janine, I mean, I am a I am sorta of, I always listen to psychics with sort of like a side eye, right? Like, cause I'm like, mm-hmm, Jesus is my conductor, and I'm not supposed to be believing in y'all people. Y'all not supposed to know what you're talking about, right? But when I tell you this woman, um, there's some things that just ironically has just been happening that's come to truth. She did say I was gonna have to make some, um, a decision about my career. And like I was telling Ken, I got another job opportunity, um, a job offer recently. And it could it could be one that is uh, a lot more lucrative than what I'm doing now. And it's still doing what I'm doing now, you know, it's still doing maternal fetal medicine. So, um, and more impactful, meaning on a national level and not just here in the great state of Georgia. But either way, I don't know if I would make a move, but the fact that the opportunity is even there is sort of like, oh, wow, where did this come from? Harrison's school interviews are finally done. Like I have I did the last one this Thursday. And so now it's just sort of a wait and see game, and yeah, I mean this week has been pretty uneventful to tell you the truth besides the job offer and uh so that was a a yay big deal. I'm still like basking in the suit loan forgiveness. I'll be basking in that all year, so yeah, I mean, it's been pretty unforgiving i mean un unremarkable can't nothing really stands out in my mind. How's your week been?
2: Well, that's not unremarkable. First, the job offer.
1: Congratulations. Are you actually considering this? Uh, I have a follow-up call this week. And so that's when um, I'll be able to ask a lot more questions about the responsibilities and, and what all it entails. So not really. I mean, for me, I'm pretty set on being here. I'm division director. I'm building something. I have a partner that just started. I'm hiring some, well, I have another partner that's starting in a couple of months. So this is not something I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna up and walk away. So it'd have to be something amazing for me to really get up and leave. Now, when it's time for my contract to be renewed, that's a different story. <laughs> we go, we're gonna see what it looks like then versus what it looks like now. But at this point, it's just great to even be considered by anybody on, on that scale, so. I don't know, but the little opportunities here and there have been sort of, you know, coming out. So I feel I feel very, very blessed to say the least. So, so Johnny, you've been busy. You've been busy, Girl. Tell the people because y'all missed us last week, didn't y'all? Did y'all miss us? Oh, I know we missed y'all because Johnny people. has been working like a Hebrew slave. I have. It's it's the
2: top of the season and. I, let me say, let, let me say this. I have been working, doing something that I really love doing, but it's just been a lot. Like, you know, when you start something and it's, um, you know, when you, when you start in an organization that is still growing, you aren't necessarily able to anticipate what the growth is going to be and what the workload will be when, said growth takes place. So yeah, we, we are in that said growth has taken place. And I was a little overwhelmed, like didn't really know where, how I was going to make everything happen or, you know, how things were all going to shake out and things went well. They just were a lot. And now I'm here and we are recording on our normal recording day for the first time in a very, very long time. So yeah, things have been, things have been great um really quick let's go back a, a step did you determine which you said all of harrison's uh interviews were done did you determine which school you is like top of your list
1: so not really so i know that your beloved friend school uh, is far it's far friend decatur is far and there's no bus system so that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about that. Usterfall is amazing um, it's right here in and it's 12 minutes from the house. So of course that's going to be at the top of our list. And then I hear over to is very well-known, very diverse school here, like 59.6% multicultural backgrounds, right? Amazing school with an amazing reputation. It's also far, but it does have its own bus system, which has Wi Fi. It has USB ports and uh, C ports. You can track the kids while they travel on the bus. They scan in, they scan out. So um out of the Walker and Woodward Academy, those are gonna be our top two. And that's if he gets in and if everything looks as promising as we think they look when we go back for our quote second look at the end of March. Otherwise he'll be going to public school in Cobb County and we'll we'll keep on moving. So girl, this this is hard, man. Applying a kindergarten. It's hard to apply to college now. I, I don't. I don't get it. I. No one prepared me for this. Um, even the application fees for kindergarten are more expensive than the application fees for college. The tuition for kindergarten is like twenty seven, twenty eight thousand dollars a year. That is college tuition. Listen, it's it's mm, college application fees are somewhere around like fifty to seventy five bucks each. Kindergarten applications, $115 each. Girl, these people out here, they are really like nickel and diming us, okay? And then once we decide on the school, we got to lock in. You got to pay that 15% deposit by mid-April. They're not playing with us. It's, it's, this thing is harder than college for a five-year-old.
2: Just think if they put that much attention into our public school system, we wouldn't have to have such, so many private schools that were so expensive.
1: Just think. Well, you know, I agree. And as a product of someone from a public school system, um, from a country public school system, I, I definitely think that when you have taxpayer dollars all funneling into a public school system, that would probably be the case. Right. But. You and I both know that depending on where you live and where you are zoned to, that can look very different for different people. I mean, when you're in a inner city, low income community where there's not a lot of tax dollars to be funneled in versus in a more affluent community where there are much more tax dollars, it's just different. And we live in Cobb County, which honestly has a really good public school system or so I've been told. And I'm still like, mm mm, he got it. I'm still considering private school because you just don't know. Like some of the stuff that happens now in public schools, I, it just gives me a little bit of pause. Like it makes me just clench my pearls. I'm like, just seeing Harrison, I, I wish somebody would put their hands on my baby. I wish somebody would abuse my baby on a school bus, girl. I just couldn't, I couldn't deal. You would have to literally do a GoFundMe on the oh, the page. Like, listen, get y'all mail money up, go, go fund her because. She done popped off and went up there and like beat up some teacher. Cause I'm telling you, it's, it's, I just could not handle the things. And I have to remind myself that I'm in Georgia. Like I have moved my little black boy to Georgia where a lot of stuff happens in the state of Georgia. So that's why I'm like, do I really want to put him in public school versus private school? Y'all will know come April, like what we did with them, but it's, I don't know. It gives me palpitations. It literally keeps me up at night thinking about kindergarten. And, and this is, you know, this is next year. Y'all this ain't even now. This is applying for next year when he's turning five. Oh, y'all pray my strength. If there's any teachers in Georgia out there, let, let me know how you deal with, with it. What, what should my child be doing to be a good child, to maximize learning? Like what should I avoid doing with my child to keep him out of uh away from you know bad crowds? Or what should I do with my child to keep him um away from bad crowds? Because y'all know birds of a feather, you gotta watch who your children are around nowadays, because those are the people that are gonna be feeding your children in addition to what's in the home environment and of course the church and things like that. But it yeah, it 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 makes me worry just a little bit. Although God does not create a worrying spirit, I've been praying on it, y'all. Praying on it. Anyway, I digress.
2: It'll be it'll all work out. Wherever he's supposed to go is where he'll end up, and then he's gonna be successful regardless. Public school, private school, it's really about one what you put into it, two how much you you're not gonna let him be in any public school and not pay attention and not get everything that he can out of the school. So whatever whatever decision you make. However, these chips land,
1: Harrison will be just fine. Well, thank you, Janine. I appreciate that. So y'all, the timeline this week, ooh, ooh, goodness. So Janine, um, as best as you can, tell us what's on our timeline this week. Okay, so Risa
2: Tisa is on our timeline this week. So I am pretty sure that unless you are living under a rock, you have heard some mumblings of this story. So, if you don't know who Risa Tisa is, I will tell you this story. But I'm gonna need y'all to strap in because I'm gonna try to sum up a 52-part TikTok that is about 500 hours worth of content in a couple of minutes. So, I'm gonna be honest. I'm 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 not even halfway through all of these videos. Um, because I really just, you know, Nicole told y'all I'm busy, right? Y'all are too. We have lives and things. So I can't just sit on TikTok and watch TikTok all day. Plus shout out to the, the social media apps and the iPhone, because now it'll tell you how long you've been on it. And I don't want to admit how long I stay on social media. So I've put limits on myself. So no, I haven't watched the entire thing. I'm not going to speak on anything that I haven't watched yet but I will only speak on the things that I've watched and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be able to sum this up in a couple of minutes. So, or a few, don't tell, don't say a couple, cause that's two. And we're probably already past that. So I've watched some of this. Like I said, I've read some articles about this. Um, watched some interviews with Risa Tisa herself and watched some videos from, uh, from Joy, who is a content creator who goes by Joy Sparkle Shine. So, Here's my best attempt to sum this up and not sound as insane as it is. So Risa Tisa is a TikToker that decided to go online to tell her story. Now, in an interview that she did with NBC, she said that she went online to tell her story because one, it's cathartic, but also she said that she wanted to open up the dialogue because she's pretty certain that other people are going through things that are similar. Maybe not necessarily to the same extreme, but things that are similar. So she decided to tell her story um, of what she calls her pathological lying ex-husband. Now, the title of this series that she's created is Who TF Did I Marry? Now, you all might be familiar with a show um, that has a very similar title, but that's not this. This is like her real life story of, as she puts it, her pathological lying ex-husband she was really strategic about this. She put it out last weekend when we had a long weekend and she started telling us this story. And she was very clear about the fact that she doesn't like when people do multiple stories and multiple timelines, you have to wait and say, follow for more or you know come back for part two or part three. So she was pushing this content out relatively quickly in an effort to make sure that she was getting the whole story in. She's a great storyteller. Like, If nothing else, this woman can tell us a story and she's not about to put you to sleep. You're captivated. So she did this all in a couple of days, right? When she starts up the story, she starts by telling us that she was going to upload as fast as possible. And she did. She didn't disappoint us. She didn't leave us hanging. She really was just giving us the information. She also vowed to be truthful no matter how bad it made her look. Now, 52 parts of this story, she was out here looking pretty bad, right? Now, we're not going victim blame by no stretch of the imagination, but it does make her appear to be a little needy, thirsty, naive, anxious to be in a relationship, lonely maybe, I don't know. Perceive it how you want. She doesn't really care because she knows that it makes her look bad. And she wasn't really concerned about that part because she was more concerned about One, helping other people. And two, y'all, she said it was cathartic. So, this is her outlet of how to like get over this, maybe give herself closure. I don't know. So, she's telling us the whole story without giving the negative part. So, while I don't think that it necessarily made her look terrible, we were sitting on the edge of our seats watching this kind of like it was a train wreck. Now, I think it was easier to, to, I think it was easier and more palatable because. We know that she's on the other side of it, right? We know that it's her ex-husband. So I think that that's why we were, we were sitting bated breath, but we weren't like, oh, okay. Now, some people didn't really have that same, same response. But let me tell you how Risa starts this story. So she starts off by telling us that she's going to refer to her ex-husband as Legion. And she says that she's referring to him as Legion because she didn't have any intention on exposing him or putting him, you know, out there. That wasn't, the, that wasn't the point. She wasn't didn't come to tell this story to be vicious. She doesn't... I mean, she takes painstaking... Like, she's painstakingly making sure that she doesn't share any personal information. She says that she's in Georgia. She doesn't really give much detail, right? Like, she gives just enough detail for us to understand that this is a real story, but she doesn't give enough detail for us to figure out who it is, why he's doing this, blah, 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 right? So let's go through the facts really quickly. Risa met Legion on a Facebook dating app, right? And they also met on Hinge. Ironically enough, she says that his Hinge account and his Facebook dating account have different pictures, but not only do they have different pictures, they have different names and different information or different variations of names is what I, is how I believe she said it. And, Different information, how it's the same person. I get different pictures on different uh, dating apps, but different pictures, different names and different information, a little bit of a red flag, but let's keep going. They met March, 2020, right before the lockdown. He told her that he was a VP at a condiment company and he had just recently moved here from Cali where he used to work for Apple. He moved in with her and insisted that they buy a house. Now, it's not really clear to me, and maybe I missed this from skipping through the videos, it's not really clear to me whether they moved in because it was the pandemic and they were on lockdown or they moved in because they were in love. I don't know what happened, but they moved in together, right? At some point, Risa got pregnant and unfortunately miscarried. Now, put a pin in that because we're going to come back to that part of the story. But we're just giving the details that we have right now. They got married in January of 2021. Things apparently went south somewhere before June of 2021. So by June of 2021, she apparently suspected him of cheating. And he was having really suspicious behavior. And they were not getting along. And she was super suspicious of him at that point. So by June of 2021, which is right around his birthday, she kicks him out. They were not officially divorced until August of that same year. That's the top level facts. There are way more facts in here, but those are the top level facts, right? Now, remember, Risa Tisa told us that she was going to be honest, no matter if it made her look bad or not. She says that she missed a number of red flags and number of things that were suspicious, but... She also admits that she's probably lonely, that, you know, there were things that she really just wanted what she wanted. And she was overlooking the red flags because, you know, sometimes we do that when we get anxious or we want things. Right. So she's admitting that she had some culpability in this, but I don't think anything that she could have overlooked could have been bad enough for her to deserve what actually happened. So she didn't really start finding out things until she was going to get a new job. Right. She's getting a new job and she has to do, get some information, do a background check on him. Right. So first he hadn't even given her the correct name. So remember he had given variations of names on the dating, the dating uh apps. So, She found out his real name when she was doing a background check on him. Right. So remember he was supposed to be a VP at a condiment company. That also was not true. He was really a temporary forklift driver. I'm not even sure if it was at a condiment company, right? He claims to have been married once before. He was actually married twice before, at least twice before. He claims to have had a daughter that passed away. That also wasn't real. It's unclear whether he had a daughter or if the daughter, if he even had a daughter or if he just had a daughter and the daughter didn't pass away. It's unclear. But having had a daughter that passed away, not true. He claimed to have made money playing arena football and he was holding it in some offshore accounts. Also not And remember, he insisted at the top of the story, he insisted that they buy a house. He moved in, you know, during lockdown, blah, 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 blah. He wanted to buy a house, right? Well, the numerous offers that he claimed declined and the various odd reasons that, you know, he didn't get houses or they, the financing fell through or whatever it was, Was it because of the weird job thing that he wasn't actually a VP? He was a forklift driver. That wasn't the case. The reason was because he had a fake social security number. Now, I don't know about anyone else, but like that's a huge red flag to me because this one entity, person that you don't want to um, get on the wrong side of, and that's the IRS. So when people are out here scamming the IRS, (laughs) with fake social security numbers and such. I'm generally not interested because I just feel like you just have a pair that I'm, I can't compete with. So I'm just gonna let you do whatever scamming you'd like to do. Just I don't wanna be a part of it, right? I don't care how much money you're making, leave it. Make all the money you want. Don't give me none. I don't wanna see none. It's the IRS, like what are we out here doing? But, what Legion was out here doing? He was using social security number. I don't know if it was a real social security number, and it just not his, or if it was just I don't know what where he was getting these social security numbers from. But he was using those to so to quote unquote put offers in on homes. So there was also an alleged approval letter. So she said it was for seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. He claims it's for seven hundred thousand dollars because yes, we find him. Um, so there was an alleged approval letter, right? That also was false. It just, why do we have an alleged false a- approval letter? So let's just say that Brisa decided to take the said letter to the bank and say, hey, I'm approved and buy a house. And then, then what? I just don't know what the end game is. Because how do you get this far into a process thinking that you're never going to be found out? Or is it that you just do this so regularly and you're really pathological that you actually are believing that these things are actually happening I don't know so this man was making money somehow we don't know how he was making money but he was making money somehow but Risa constantly saw him on the phone um and I'm assuming that she thought that he was conducting business deals right wrong so Risa Tisa says that every phone call that he was making was fake. He would sit up and talk to himself essentially, claiming to be making business deals. He often said that he was talking to his family members, but he wasn't actually talking to anyone. And when she said that before speaking with his family, he had claimed that he had several siblings. He said that he had two brothers, two sisters, and two like half siblings. Apparently he only has a couple of brothers, And when Risa had like reached out to them to see, you know, had they been talking, they've been estranged for some years. So he was also lying about that. So remember when I told you to put a pin in the fact that he, that she had miscarried. Well, let me make this story even worse. It's not tragic enough that she had a miscarriage. Right. But when she called him, I'm, assuming from the hospital to be picked up, he answered the phone as if he was his own assistant just to keep up this facade, right? So then she had to stay at the hospital after her miscarriage longer than necessary because he wants to pretend like he has an assistant because he's supposed to be some big wig VP when really he could have probably just clocked out and gone to pick her up I mean the level of insanity I can't even like if I didn't actually see this and I hadn't seen some corroborating evidence I would really think that she was making this up like that's how insane this is right now we told you that Risa didn't share any names right but I also told you that we found him well we didn't really find him he kind of found us because I guess after he realized that she was talking about him, he couldn't help himself and just lay low and be the scammer that he is. He had to come out and say something because God forbid that you lay low and change your life or not change your life, but just mind your business. Cause she minded hers, She didn't tell us what your real name was, Jerome. So apparently this man named Jerome is claiming that he is Legion. He is claiming he came out and said that he is legion and that he's come up with all of these videos to, I mean, some of them are rebuttals. Some of them are proof that he has, or supposed proof that he has money in offshore accounts. The proof looks mad janky. He showed an approval letter supposedly from chase. Now I will say this. Remember I said, she said it was 750,000. He said it was 700,000. Well, the letter from chase supposedly the letter from chase says 700000 right? Well, let me tell you this. The letter that he posted from Chase and the letters that I get from Chase in the mail don't look a thing alike. And I'm not being, you know, not saying that different branches can't post different things. However, there are certain things that are typically standard in those kinds of letters, especially when they're telling you that they're going to loan you $700,000, right? Typically, you have some repayment information. You have a letter that typically does not have any errors um also it there's some sort of contact information right so under the logo it typically has like you know the location of where this letter is coming from where it originated so typically maybe an address and then it has a contact person at the end and that contact person either provides you with an email address phone number something a way a manner in which to contact them 1-800 number something right not legion's letter his letter is just a little different just is missing a few things and you know much like a pathological sociopath because I think it's safe to call him a sociopath at this point he just doubles and triples and quadruples down on this like this is who this man is at this point right so this man who is claiming to be legion his name is Jerome right and I'm not gonna give his full name because again I don't know if this man is really legion I don't of this i don't know any of these people i don't know Risa Tisa, i don't know any of them right and we're just going on the story that these people have put out on the internet right i have reason to believe it because there are a lot of people who are really invested in supporting and corroborating the story but this man when he surfaced i mean if it were me and someone was saying that i was a scammer but didn't put my name out there then why respond no he responds claims that he's going to sue her and then also claims he shows some papers but doesn't show it close enough for us to actually see what they say but shows us that it's certified on the back well you can certify anything you gotta go to notary republic they just go put notarize it and then it's certified right what like why don't you show us what it says what are you suing her for he claims that he can't get work now but it didn't even seem that he had stable work before so how come you can't work now And it's because she released this. Then he claims that his Netflix story is going to be released. Sir, what are you talking about? Netflix already reached out to you? Then he posted some random video about how he was touring Netflix, but then we didn't have any info. And then he posted. And then when we see in the background, it says like Netflix Singapore. I mean, this whole thing is wild. Because from my understanding, he didn't really get much out of Risa Tisa and it just feels very much like, dude, what is your end goal? None of your family talks to you. You you don't have a wife. Now a third wife. I mean, what are you out here doing? And then now you're on the internet looking real scruffy, funny looking, looking like you have um, some razor bumps on your face. And making, like, I really just hope, I really just hope that at some point we're going to wake up and it's going to be, someone's going to say, like, you know what? This was all farce it was a, a social experiment to see something. Like I really do, because I, wa- I don't wanna believe that there are people that are out here that are this insane, that it'll go to this great lengths to scam someone for nothing. Like, what are we out here doing? While I really do wanna believe that this is, that Legion's not real, and that Risa Tisa is a great storyteller, but this is not a real story, I want to believe that, right? But I don't, unfortunately. I, I really just don't, right? I feel like I would believe it. Maybe that there's some hope if there weren't so many women that are coming out now corroborating the story. So one of his exes, well, two of them, right? Two of his exes came out and corroborated the story. Now theirs wasn't as extreme as his was, but like him being on probation and then getting locked up and then wanting some money to get out. of probation. I mean, Jesus have mercy. This man, like there should be a website that says, do not talk to this man. So two of his exes have come out and and they are corroborating Reese's story by, but also sharing their own personal experiences about how he was scamming. One of his exes said that he had, that she was, you know, he was coming to family functions and that he had told his family that they, he had played for the Cowboys. Like what? I mean, these are just not even believable lies at this point. Right? So of course we have the naysayers who, well, victim blame the people who are saying that she was desperate and, you know, this she basically brought this on herself. Let me say something. I don't care what anyone does. I don't. Right. I, as long as you don't harm someone else. Right. If she's desperate, we know that there are desperate people out here. We don't need to restate the obvious. We're not we're, we're not sitting here trying to blame her. People find themselves in different situations, being vulnerable to to scammers For various reasons, whether it's, you know, grief or self-esteem issues or vulnerability. Look, we don't know what we don't know why. Right. Neither is it our business as to why. Right. But it's a special kind of trashy person that takes advantage of someone's vulnerability so that they can scam and get over, especially when you're not really getting anything out of the scamming like this. just seems to be who he is, not really for a purpose or a reason or end goal. It's really just kind of. Read through who he is, like he might just be the sociopath that I referred to to him as earlier. So let me add this Legion posted a girl. So remember, he apparently there was some infidelity before. So Legion posted this girl, or this alleged Legion posted this girl saying that her name was Peaches and claims that this was his mistress. And it's a young girl, right? And apparently, the young girl is not actually Peaches. He has blocked her after he posted the picture of Peaches, claiming that it was Peaches. He's blocked her. And I believe he might have deleted the post at this point. But she's posted because the people who knew her, her family, mother included, were you know blowing up her phone talking about, oh, you're Peaches from Legion. Let me be very clear. This young lady says that, one, her name is not Peaches. And she didn't give her information because she didn't want people out here You know, trying to find her. She doesn't even know how she got caught up into this nonsense. But from what she could deduce, she got caught up in this nonsense because she made a comment kind of going against Legion on one of the posts, right? And basically said, you know, he said that he didn't know something, but then proceeded to tell the whole story. And so she said, funny, you don't know something, but you proceed to tell the whole story. That's the only interaction that she said that she had with him, right? But she doesn't know him. But he then is posting her saying that she was his mistress Peaches. Well, that's not true. This is just adding to this dramatic saga as if anything needs to be added to this, right? But here's the kicker of the whole thing, right? Ironically, she works at one of the facilities that he claimed that he checked himself into. I mean, talk about plot twists and weird... I mean, it feels as if we are in the twilight zone with the story. But let me tell you, this story is so insane. Like, it's so crazy. But we're committed to it at this point. We are 52 episodes in. And now it seems like Legion's about to give us another 52 episodes. So, look, y'all, I gotta catch up on this story because I'm still, like, about halfway through. And, yeah, I'm gonna catch up. I can't promise you when, but I'm gonna catch up. And then I'm gonna start watching all of the Legion story. I mean... This is like a a saga They Netflix should really actually give them something so that we can see this like in a clean, succinct way. (sighs) I don't know. I I can't imagine what this is like, Nicole. I really can't. I mean, I've seen some scamming and catfishing, but this takes it to a whole nother level. What do you think?
1: I think that, um, you know, when a movie comes out, you have to decide, like, Man, am I going to sit here and watch the trailer and be convinced to go to the theater, get the good bowl of popcorn, get the expensive candy and watch it in the movie theater? Or am I going to watch it in the comforts of my own home where I can lay in the bed and pause it when I go to the bathroom and then press play again when I come back? That's where I am with this, right? I, I've watched several of the episodes, but like only like the first like five ten 10 minutes. Cause each episode is like literally 10, 15 minutes. Of an episode, I didn't even allow, I didn't even know TikTok allowed you to play videos that long. Like I learned something new just by watching the Risa Tisa story, and that's what it should be called, the Risa Tisa story. And it's not a movie; it is a mini series. It, it it literally is like one of those like Netflix. We gonna give you six six episodes. That's what it is so far, and and really it could be like a whole season. Like maybe you just have a pilot out. And then once they decide to pick it up for season two, then we delve into the details and incorporate some of legend stories in there too. I just think it's a lot. And I know I am not really on social media like talking about, and y'all know, y'all are listeners. Y'all know we've been sort of like laying low this 2023, 2024 season, but people sent this to us. Like people are sharing this, sending it to us. People were like literally texting saying, hey, are y'all talking about this? Have you seen this? So I feel like this is just another excuse for people not to do the work they're supposed to do while they're at work. Because people be watching this all all day. There was one doctor that said jokingly that they canceled surgery cases to to make sure they were caught up on recent season episodes. Like y'all, it's getting it's getting too serious. And I am gonna wait till the full you know release comes out. You know, rumor has it she made like eighty seven thousand dollars on these reels And shoot, I think I should start airing my dirty laundry out. And let me get me a little bit of change on the side and me a Netflix special on the side for some continued books. But yeah, I just feel like it was, it was too much drama. Like, I don't know why anyone would lie like that. And it's not like Risa Tisa was some well-off person where he was scamming for like hundreds of thousands of dollars and he was going to leave her. He didn't really get anything from her. So that's why I'm confused as to why you would lie to that extent. If you work in an hourly wage job and you can't get off, why don't you just say, baby, I'm not VP. This is what I do. I operate the forklift and I can't get off early. Or why not communicate to your boss? My wife had a, and I had a miscarriage. I need the day off because she's getting a DNC. I, I just don't understand why the lies, like why all the calls were lies. Even your best friend that you're talking to and you're like, oh, tell it, hey, John, hey, John, you know, why are you fake calling somebody? Why are you acting like you're calling somebody? That's the part I don't understand. I don't understand the reason for faking all the calls. I I, I don't understand that. Like, that's just somebody that has really a problem with lying, like somebody that just enjoys lying for a living. I don't know. The fact that she got out of it this fast in four years is impressive, because divorce can take you quite a while to get out of it. so I'm glad that she did get out while she got out, and she was able to to find out everything, but listen, ladies, y'all got to start doing background checks on these negroes before you marry them and I, And she did say some of this was her fault. She said that some of this was her fault. she was ready to get married like a lot of us are. Right. You get on, you, you knock it on 40s door or you're in your 40s and you're like, I really want to get married or you're in your 30s and you're like, I really want to have kids. My opportunity may be gone. And so you tend to not be as picky as you would have been when you were in your 20s or early 30s. Right. You ignore some of those red flags that you saw all along and you settle. You, you take people's word for it. But let me tell you, men are out here trying to be taken care of. They are, they are not valuing you and what you bring to the table. They're only, they're out for what you can bring to the table. And that's it. So we, we, listen, we as, as the most educated, uh, the most educated on the planet, black women, we have got to be mindful that there are predators out to get us. OK, we have got to be mindful of that. And this is definitely an example. And the reason I think that legend or whoever you want to call him, I think that he replied because, yeah, he could have remained silent and and everyone wouldn't have known who he was. But people that know her do know who he is. Right. So it was sort of like, well, I have to reply because I know these people that personally know her. So I have to defend myself with my own circles. So that's probably why he felt an obligation to reply. But again, he could have reached out to those people personally and not put all of his dirty laundry out because she has like what, like 3 million followers now? It's something ridiculous. She has a lot of followers. She's getting paid a lot of money now, way more than the $87,000 she was getting paid for this series. Now she has like residual follower money, okay, coming in. So we're waiting for the next story. We're waiting for more and more details to come out every day, every week because she has now millions of followers just because she is sharing what she's been through. But you know what? She's not alone. There's a lot of us that have been through a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of us that's been conned. There's a lot of us that have married people not really knowing who they were. And some of us did do our due diligence and did background checks on them and did ask the hard questions. And we still got lies. We still didn't get all the facts but we were secure enough with whatever we've been told to go ahead and marry that person. So I think Risa Tisa, hey, listen, you dodged a bullet that man could have had all you had plus your retirement and you walked the week away unscathed, which is, which is pretty amazing because it could have been a lot worse. But thank you, Risa Tisa, for sharing your story. And girl, thank you for the entertainment over the last week. It's been good. It's been good entertainment. One thing is for sure, she could be a good like little narrator for some stuff like she can do, you know, some, you know, background narration. You know how like Morgan Freeman does background narration for like nature discovery and stuff like that. I can hear Risa Tisa doing some narration. I'm just saying she's very thorough in her thoughts. I I agree with her
2: being thorough in her thoughts, which is why it makes it even more difficult to understand how this all happened. She did say that she overlooked some red flags, but girl, you overlooked every red flag. It was stop signs glaring like, flashing and she was just like oh no it's okay and look I get it we were all in a different headspace, right in the pandemic we were I mean people were getting married and moving in with each other only to be ready to kick the one out and realizing that they couldn't stand each other we all know the pandemic was a lot on all of our mental right as I said earlier there's no excuse for someone to scam someone in this manner I am a believer in things that are similar to karma but let me tell you this I don't understand. Maybe it's just me because I can't keep up with lies that good. So I don't understand why go through this much effort and energy to maintain this. And at some point, the the carpet's going to be pulled from under you. And then who are you talking to? This has to be a lonely life. And I mean, from the looks of it, with him walking around in the middle of nowhere, basically talking to himself to talk to us, to defend himself, it... I mean, it seems like he lives a relatively lonely existence at this point. But look, she's the third one that it happened to. Maybe it'll be the last because she finally shared the story, right? The other ladies didn't seem to have shared the story until after Risa Teesa shared her story. So maybe her sharing her story will stop this man's pathological lying train. But look, if you're a pathological liar, the mere definition is that you basically are believing what you said. So maybe it's just who he is. I I don't know.
1: All right, Janine, so are you ready to talk through some of these letters from our listeners who have also went through some really tragic stuff (laughs) with the people they marry? Oh God, let's do it. All right, so our first letter says, Nicole and Janine, I'm in a nightmare situation of a marriage. My husband, Dietrich, and I have been married for four years and I've been stuck in hell for the last two of them. Dietrich and I met online. He lived in San Diego, California, and I lived in Chicago when we met. We were both professionals, but with me being a hospital executive, I was the higher earner. So once we got engaged, we decided together that he would move to Chicago and move in with me. His job could be transferred to a branch in Chicago, so he would still be able to contribute to the household. So after we got married, he moved in with me like we planned. The day before he was supposed to start working though, He mysteriously was told that the position was no longer available due to downsizing of the company. Well, this was not a big deal, at least not to me. I could afford our household, so I just told him to look for something else and I would hold it down. Well, I've been holding it down ever since, but the finances aren't the straw breaker. One day I walked into my room and my husband was wearing my bra, underwear, and my lace front wig. At first I was like, what the hell? Because I thought it was another woman. After jumping on the bed and damn near beating his A, I heard him say, babe, it's me, it's me, stop it. I was so shaken up by the fact that my husband was dressed like a, man, uh, like a woman that I just started crying. I grabbed my keys and left and went to stay at my best friend's house. I spoke with an attorney the following week about grounds for divorce, but she said since he wasn't actually cheating, I couldn't claim infidelity. She asked me about abuse, which we hadn't had issue with, issues within our relationship. She said, I could, um, file for an uncontested divorce if he agrees, but I don't think that he would. She asked if despite his trans dress, if he had any issues that compromised his sexual performance in the relationship. Since the answer was no, she said, if contested, the divorce would be hard for me to walk away with all my assets. Since he hasn't worked for years, she warned that he would likely request alimony. So I went back to our house and moved into and made him move into a different bedroom. Since the incident, I am not attracted to him and I feel as if I'm living with a roommate. He still dresses up at night. I've caught him. I've caught glances of him and I've seen makeup wipes in the hall bathroom. I find myself wanting to get out more and maybe date for some type of companionship but I still feel like I'm stuck. Ladies, how would you handle this situation with the least amount of embarrassment possible? Crystal.
2: Crystal, I'm going to give you the probably least politically correct answer possible. Look, this person is turning out to be something that they did not, that you did not sign up for and someone that you... Thought that he was, he is not, right? And while I understand the um, advice that you were given about how the divorce can be contested, I think that you should file for a divorce, right? If this isn't what you want and this is not the person that you thought that you married, it's deceit, right? Um, Now, if you think that you can handle this and you you don't have a problem with your husband dressing in women's clothes and you're just annoyed because he's wearing your belongings, then- fine right like write it out but i cannot personally envision wh- how i would feel if i came home and i did not already know this was something that my husband did before we got married and all of a sudden i come home and he's wearing my clothes i think that i would be furious not necessarily because he decided that he wanted to cause dress but more because You've been lying to me this entire time. I, I, I don't know that personally I could deal with it. If you think that you can, then, you know, by all means, try to stick it out and work through it and figure out what your new relationship looks like now that you are, are armed with this kind of information. I just. You asked us what we would do. I would be filing for a divorce. I would move out of the house. I would not be, because it seems that it's it's frustrating you when you see um, pieces of this and the way that he's pre- choosing to present himself. You said that you see makeup wipes in the hall, trash can. I mean, it's seeming to bother you, right? And if that's the case and this is who he is, who he is is always going to bother you. So before it becomes so frustrating that something negative could happen or you're degrading to him or even, God forbid, it gets violent... Just cut your ties. He You all have grown apart. I understand that you're concerned about embarrassment, but, you know, people change, right? Like, we, we're not the same people that we were when we got married however many years ago, right? We change on a daily basis, a yearly basis, decade to decade. So, it, you know, he's changed. Or this is who he was, and you just didn't know that, which is deceit, like I said, to begin with. So either way, I would... I probably would just walk away, you know, and there's a certain level of embarrassment that we have for ourselves when relationships don't work out, but most times other people don't really see it that way, right? We are embarrassed because we want our relationship to work and it makes us feel like a failure when we can't have a relationship that works. But the reality of it is, is most people don't care whether your relationship is together or not. And some people are probably happy that you broke up. And I'm not saying that that's the case with you, but I'm just saying I wouldn't be as concerned about the embarrassment as I would be about my mental sanity. And from what I'm hearing from your letter, it sounds as though this is not something that sits well with you, that you think about regularly and that it's bothering you. And that is disturbing your peace, your peace of mind. So if this is disturbing, if this relationship is disturbing your peace of mind, it's time for this relationship to go. What do you think, Nicole?
1: I think that being getting divorced is it's very embarrassing. I mean, I think that you have to understand that it is embarrassing, right? Like you're gonna have people that try to question what happened, and if you're sharing, there's always going to be people that quest, sort of question like, why didn't you handle this this way? Or why did you handle this that way? Or didn't you see the red flags before this? Why did you wait so long? So there's just a questioning and having to defend your rationale around getting divorced. It's, it can be a little bit, it, it can definitely be, give you sleepless nights. i So say it like that. It, 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 there's nothing I can say about lack of embarrassment. A divorce in itself to me is an embarrassing encounter. I got divorced. It was embarrassing to me. It's very, even now it's embarrassing. Um, because, you know, my ex-husband is a great guy and I don't want to put things out to embarrass him. And likewise, I don't want him to put things out that can embarrass me. But people are going to make their assumptions, which could embarrass you if you decide that you don't want to be the person that tells your business, because then people are going to make assumptions about you just because you aren't sharing, which can be embarrassing, right? But you have to remove yourself from that. Okay. Get rid of the embarrassment. Okay. That is a very temporary state, but this marriage until you get out of it, it's very permanent. So you have to figure out what do you want your life to look like in five years, in 10 years? Are you happy in your current situation? And if you're not happy, you really need to simplify your decision-making process, put a pros list, a cons list. And if your pros outweigh your cons, then you stay married. So you really need to Think about like how much, what value do I put on this particular deal breaker? Is it truly a deal breaker, right? And if you have deal breakers on your list, then you got to move on. You have to really listen to yourself, value yourself to know that you deserve to be happy and to know that you should not feel like you are stuck as a prisoner in your own home. And if you feel like that, it's really time for you to get off. Now, mind you, if he is, you know, cross dressing and he's still sexually attracted to you and he's still doing what he needs to do as a husband and he's still paying, you know, he's paying bills or contributing financially, which obviously doesn't look like he's doing here. But if you can get beyond that, can you go to counseling to work on your marriage? Of course you can. But you got to be honest with yourself when you're in that counseling. Am I attracted to my husband or am I not? Does he like me or does he not? Is he just dressing up in the clothes, but he's still attracted to me? Or is this something deeper? Is this something like, hey, he does wanna be, or is this something that he's just doing as a fetish? You gotta figure that piece out. And no one can tell you what you can be okay with, right? You know how you feel when you're laying in your bed at night. You know what's going through your mind, And you have to make the best decision for you to make sure that you'll be happy later on. And happy later on is key because nobody's happy going through a divorce. It's very traumatic. It's very emotional. And so you're not gonna be happy going through it. But you don't make decisions because of how you feel going through something. You make decisions based on how you're gonna feel coming out on the other side. So if you already know that you feel like you are living a nightmare, you already know what to do. Like this letter doesn't, you knew what we were gonna tell you to do. You just need a validation. And I'm glad that we could give it for you. Um, I would say when it comes to the least embarrassment possible, I do think that the counseling way will be the least embarrassing, embarrassment possible because at least perhaps you guys can come to some common ground so he can understand where you're coming from. You can understand where he's coming from. And then when you decide to move forward to divorce, It can be uncontested and you can decide how you're going to divide assets and move on in a fair way. Okay, so that's how we keep things not as embarrassing. You communicate. That's how we keep it as uh, to as little embarrassment as possible. And if you're able to communicate and come to a conclusion, so you're not having a very long, drawn out divorce. That's how both of you can get to a place where you can. Who knows? Continue to be, have some type of relationship, even as friends moving forward. Now, reading the letter, I don't see, hear about any kids involved in this. So that's one good thing that you don't have to deal with that part of co-parenting and dealing with how you're going to move forward in even a friendly relationship and co-parent. Cause throwing a kid in there, it, it, it brings it to a whole nother level. So at least you don't have that. Um, to worry about at least that we know of right now. But communication is gonna be the way to save yourself some embarrassment. So at least you can do something that is uncontested. You guys can gain a mutual respect for one another. So you're not slandering each other on social media and to your friends and family. So, you know, nobody's like, oh, well she did X, Y, Z or he did X, Y, Z. Nobody needs to know your business. Okay, nobody needs to know your business. You guys communicate you guys come to common ground and then you move on and your families will pivot and adjust. All right Janine, so what does your letter read?
2: Mine says, "Nicole and Janine, I really think that my fiance isn't who she says that she is, and I'm writing you because she's an avid listener to your podcast because he, she and her coworkers listen to you all all the time. So, I'm hoping that you read this and I'm hoping that she hears it and realizes That the jig is up. So first, I met my my fiance in a grief supporter group after my wife passed away. She claimed to have lost her husband and family, mother, father, and son in a fire, which is tragic, so I didn't question it. But when I googled it, I couldn't find anything about a fire during the time that she claimed that it happened, nor did I find any death records. Yet, when I asked her about it, She said that it was too painful to talk about. While it was a bit of a red flag, I didn't push because it was a bit tragic. Another red flag is that she doesn't have any close friends. She only hangs out with coworkers, but she doesn't really have friends, not even friends from back in the day. We've been together for three and a half years and I've never met anyone that's known her for longer than five years. A year and a half ago, she got pregnant. And me being an upstanding man, wanting to make an honest woman out of her, I asked her to marry me. Two months later, she miscarried. Ironically, when she miscarried, I was out of town for work. I still wanted to marry her, so I didn't call off the engagement. Now, I'm kind of regretting that. Because I'm sure that there is something wrong or something that I'm missing. First, she hasn't yet set a date. Well, She's set a date, but she's changed it three times. I've told her multiple times, if she keeps changing the date, we can just go to the justice of the peace and get married. We went to file for our marriage license only to find that we couldn't get it. One, she had been married not once, but twice before. At least that's what the clerk told me. And two, she had changed her name and didn't have the proper paperwork. When I asked her about it, she said that she was married to her husband who passed away in the fire twice. They divorced and got remarried. I can't verify that one way or the other. Number two, she said that she changed her name after he died because having his last name was a constant reminder of the tragedy. But she didn't just change her last name. She changed her first name as well. At this point, I don't know what to think. I don't think that she's lying to me completely. But I know that she's not telling the whole truth because things are just not adding up. I don't want to get married to her if she's not able to be 100% truthful. Ladies, am I being ridiculous or are my suspicions founded? Please let me know your thoughts. Signed, Shane.
1: Yeah, I think that you need to like get out, right? Like you have no papers on this woman and she's already lying. So you see the red flags. Why are we no why are we seeing the red flags and ignoring them, right? My Angel said when someone shows you who they are, believe them, right? So we need to believe who she is because she changing names and doing all this other stuff. It's a lot. Like it's exhausting. It's exhausting to even keep up with. So why go into something knowing that the person you're marrying ain't right? I would not. I would not. Listen, love makes you do a lot of foolish things. But right now, we really need to think with our minds and not our hearts right now. She obviously is some type of scammer or running from something. There's some reason that she keeps on changing her identity and all this other stuff. She's doing a lot, which is very telling. It's, It's too much for me. I say move on. And usually I'm the person that says, cool my keep it together. But you're not married to this woman. And while you're not married, you can dodge a bullet. You can scat on, okay? And meet somebody who has a, a a decent job, a nice family who wants to settle down and who's not gonna lie to you about their names and things. I say, move on is my, my, that's what I think. And there's no, how else do you handle it? You're not married to this person. You have nothing with this person. Move on now. That is my opinion. Johnny. what do you think? I agree. First of
2: all, the fact that you are still married to her is, or you're still engaged to her, is, is honorable of you because you're just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt from what you're telling us, right? From the information that you've given us, it seems that you're still, you're just trying to give her the benefit of the doubt, which is... Fair, because you probably are in love with this woman, right? However, there are a lot of red flags in here to me, right? And I think the biggest red flag is that someone who can scam around grief is a little disturbing, right? I need some answers as to, did her husband really die, right? She's been married twice before, but is that man still alive? Um, Did he die in a fire, as she says? Did her family die in a fire? And... Typically if your family dies in a fire like does she have any other family members have you met other family members why doesn't she have any friends like is she an introvert is i mean what's going on right and even introverts have friends they typically have long standing friends cuz they don't really put themselves out there to make new friends right i have a lot of questions right and typically when people when you think that people are lying they probably are maybe it's not the lies that you think that they are but it sounds like there are probably some lies here. If you can't find any, I mean, four people dying in a fire, I don't know too many fires where four people die in the same fire and it doesn't make news. But then again, you could have been looking at the wrong information because you didn't have her actual real name. And then saying that you changed your, hus- your last, you changed your name because your husband's last name was your last name and it's too painful for you to keep his last name, what? I mean, I don't know what it's like to lose a spouse, thank God. But that just seems like a, a very odd thing, right? Like, typically when you lose someone that you love, you want to hold on to any little piece of them that you have left, not, like, throw them out like bathwater. I just, I don't know. I think that it's it, if she's really scamming around grief, like it sounds, she's a special kind of human being and I know that I wouldn't want to be married to somebody like that so you really have to look within yourself to see if this is what you want to be married to to your point you said if she's lying to you you don't want to be with someone that's lying to you well she's already lied to you right she didn't tell you what her real name was I mean that's a huge lie right like huge right I'm gonna tell you do like us women would do go do a background check on her right you can't get a, you can't even marry her right now cuz you can't even get a marriage license, right? Like you need to go do on some digging to figure out, okay, yes she's been married again, married before, but that typically if they're divorced, that typically doesn't prohibit you from getting married again. And then her real name is not what it is. Well, you know what you need to We all know what we need to take to the clerk to get our marriage license. If you change your name, then you need to take a name change form or something and why wouldn't you do that unless you were being deceitful or unless you just thought that it wasn't going to be an issue? I don't know. It just very much seems as though she might not necessarily want to get married. She might not be able to get married. She might still be married. Who knows? I just think that you might be dodging a bullet by the fact that you didn't have a child Um, by this woman, and I think you should probably try to dodge the bullet of being married to her. That's just my two cents. I, You know, Nicole and I are agreeing on this one. I think you should probably run for the hills. And whoever she is, if this is your story and you are out here, you've changed your name and you've lost your husband, and this is your actual real story and you're not lying, you need to clear some things up for your man before you lose him. I'm just saying, because it seems very far-fetched, right? All of the details that he's giving us, that Shane is giving us, if your man's name is Shane, all of the details, it sounds like this is not a real possibility. It sounds very, very far-fetched. However, we do know that some really bad things can happen in a a series of events to people that sound far-fetched, right? But if this is you, you need to give this man some clarity so that he does not leave you. Because we, if it were you and you were writing this letter up to us about Shane, we would tell you to leave him as we're telling him to leave you. Clear up the miscommunication if you're not lying. Tell him why you really changed your name. Are you hiding out from someone? Or is this, are you in witness protection? Like what is going on? And if you're out here scamming, you need to apologize and leave this man to
1: go live his life happily ever after without you. Just saying. Yeah, it's it's too much if this, then this. It's too complex. Let's simplify it and move on. It should not get this complex until at least you got papers on somebody. And you ain't got nail paper. And so I, mm -mm, scoot on. I I just simplify your life. If it's not clear, crystal clear, before you get married, you're not gonna be able to figure it out after you get married. Move, move on. Anyway, so Janine, what did you learn new this week?
2: So I learned that according to the Federal Trade Commission in 2022, because the 2023 data is not out yet. In 2022, a whopping 70,000 Americans fell victim to these deceitful online romances. They, they got scammed by someone who said they loved them. 70,000 people. And if that wasn't bad enough, that, that cost... For those 70,000 people to get scammed was something around $1.3 with a B, B as in boy, billion, $1.3 billion worth of scamming was done. That's a shame. Mm-hmm. That is a shame. But now I know why people scam because 70,000 people got scammed for $1.3 billion. I mean, it's lucrative, deceitful. And devious and people who do this are the scum of the earth, but I see why money makes people do crazy things. What did you learn new this week, Nicole?
1: So I learned that there are 101 episodes in a total of seven seasons of Who the Bleak Did I Marry? And they're still making them. Like, this is a whole thing. Like, y'all, was it Tessie, Tessa Teresi, Tisa Tisa Risa? Risa Tisa. (laughs) Risa Tisa. (laughs) She is not alone. Okay. There is already a whole seven episodes, seven seasons of who to believe that I'm married. But anyway. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. Okay. This one comes from an influencer who is also a teacher. And she really teaches like relationships and how to value yourself in relationships. And her name is Jill Tariki. And she said to feel desired by someone feels really good. But it is not the same thing as being valued by them. When someone values you, they want to understand you. They want to know your story. They text you back. They make plans with you. They talk about the future with you. And I'm going to add, they don't lie to you. This is why the most important thing is that you value yourself so that you're willing to walk away from anyone who may desire you but doesn't truly value you. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production.